Hello and welcome to Getting to Grow, the podcast dedicated to unearthing the stories of some of the best brands in the food and wellness space, hosted by myself and Sam. Each episode we chat to founders, experts and industry professionals who each have their own personal journeys. We discover how they built their business, what's next and everything in between. On episode 18 of Getting to Grow, I was joined by Emily Tout, co-founder of Mighty Slice, who make delicious high-protein desserts. I spoke to Emily about how she left her law career behind, her passion for the gym and what the future holds for Mighty Slice. Hello, Emily. Um, Emily is from Mighty Slice. Um, I actually came across Emily when I was working at Balance Festival last November. Thought what she was doing was super cool. Um, and I was desperate to try her products. So I tried them and thought, actually, she would be fantastic on getting to grow. Um, super interested to hear her story, how it all started and kind of what's next. So I will let her introduce herself. And then, Emily, if you can get straight into what you did before. Um, and where you went to uni. Um, actually, just another thing to note, Emily's probably the youngest one that we've had on Getting to Grow, which is exciting. Um, really exciting. So yeah, she will be our youngest entrepreneur of the series so far. So um, welcome, Emily. Thank you. Thank you. So yeah, I guess kind of a bit of background to me. Um, my kind of background is not business related, entrepreneurial related kind of whatsoever. Um, when I was younger, I was kind of very set on becoming a lawyer. And that's kind of what I focused all of my effort on, um, kind of for the past 10 years of my life, really. And so I just smashed my GCSEs, did my A-levels, really enjoyed those. Um, I went to LSE to study law, which was kind of this massive dream of mine. And I got there and I was like, wow, you know, I'm going to become this lawyer. Um, studied really, really hard um, and was like, I want to go into corporate law. Um, and so kind of at that time, I was looking into kind of how businesses work um, and all of that stuff. And I think looking back, that kind of fed into this kind of mindset shift that I was having. Um, but yeah, while I was at LSE, really wanted to become a lawyer, got a first in law, really, really chuffed um, and went on to get a grad job. Um, working as a space lawyer which was absolutely amazing really exciting opportunity um, kind of when I look back there were these glimpses of entrepreneurial spirit um, I think you know when I was 12 or 13 my favorite game to play was like The Apprentice um, and I remember I came up with this idea for a pasture restaurant and I was like you know what this is it and I spent days kind of planning out the logistics it was called Pastovia very inventive um, <laughs> and kind of thinking into all of like the branding and what it would look like um, but you know that was kind of the only real entrepreneurial spirit I had and I was very kind of blinkers on I'm going to become a lawyer um, and so the sudden kind of career shift that I'd have is kind of it's pretty out of the blue I have to say but it's definitely one that I'm massively massively enjoying um, and yeah mighty slice here we are um, I guess we can kind of go a bit more into the detail of how I came up with the idea a bit later but essentially mighty slice um, sells high protein desserts um, we kind of pitch them as a really enjoyable alternative to protein bars. And so I'm super into fitness myself, um, not a massive fan of protein bars. I think sometimes they can have that kind of grainy taste, a bit of a gloopy protein shake. Um, and for me, I've just got this real sweet tooth. You know, if I could have one last meal on earth, it'd probably be a cheesecake. Um, a really good kind of New York cheesecake is the one for me. Um, and so kind of feeding that into my fitness journey, um, I would just sort of experiment in the kitchen on my own with all these different flavors of protein powder. Um, and yeah, it kind of led me to start making these protein cheesecakes just for myself and my boyfriend, Jamie. 
Cool. So did you, um, so Ben, when you were studying university, did you get into fitness at uni or was it kind of pre-uni? Yeah, so I wasn't kind of massively into fitness before uni. Um, and it was maybe in my first year of uni that all of my friends would start just kind of going to the gym and it was very much a social thing. And so we'd, go, we'd have a chat on the treadmill, it was great. Or we might go to like a HIIT workout, but we did not take it very seriously. And you know what, that was great at the time. Like it was really enjoyable. And for us, it was more of just like something fun to do in the evening to kind of de-stress from all, all of the law. Um, kind of in the second year of uni that I started to take my fitness a bit more seriously I was following kind of all the fitness influences on Instagram um and I started to get into powerlifting um which was really exciting and I was kind of watching these videos and I was like you know what that is something that I could do as well that looks really interesting um and Jamie was super into fitness at the time as well and he was like you know what like, I can train you this is great and so I was kind of learning all the techniques for like deadlifting and squats and it was just really exciting um and I was sort of really getting into it and progressively trying to build up my strength and so as part of that I obviously had to really up my protein intake and that was something that I hadn't really educated myself on before I think you know lots of the diet culture was around kind of like you have to be skinny and just eat in a calorie surplus and I hadn't really looked into the benefits of protein and actually how that can really help to increase your strength and so at the time kind of luckily I had kind of Jamie to guide me in terms of like the nutrition I should be eating to really fuel my body um, and get the most out of my powerlifting training and so actually before COVID I was kind of training for my first powerlifting competition which unfortunately got cancelled um but oh yeah gosh, I was, wow you're so petite <laughs> I was definitely in one of kind of the smaller weight categories because I'm just I'm only five foot five so <laughs> trying to be yeah. like an ant small but mighty um, a bit like See, I'm the total opposite I'm such a cardio bunny like um, I do okay. I do I do I definitely do lift weights because I know it's good for your bones and all that kind of stuff um but I get so much enjoyment out of like shoving my headphones on and going for like a really long run um like I did the marathon a couple of years ago and for me that was like it was such a I, it was like a I really wanted to set myself the task of completing one um, and the training, I, I mean, obviously the, the 15 miles in the pissing down rain wasn't, that wasn't great fun, but, but generally speaking, like I loved putting in a podcast or listening to music and yeah, I do, I do love a run, but I do lift weights because I know that it, how important it is for like, yeah, your whole core and you know, that sort of stuff as well. So, um, so yeah, it's something that I probably should work on a little bit more this year, but yeah, you, you'll, you'll probably find it like a Barry's or a spin to be perfectly honest. I wish that was me. I just, cardio and me, we just don't, don't quite get along. <laughs> That's so funny, yeah, yeah. Well, you've got to find what you like because otherwise it's not sustainable. Oh, like definitely. if I had to do weights all the time, I wouldn't exercise. So it just depends. Um, so, um, so you got into fitness and then were, so obviously you, you must change your eating habits then because you wanted to realise that, yeah, you needed to eat specific things or, or certain kind of in diets and, and calories and things like that to, to gain the muscle. Was it at that time that you started experimenting with a high protein cheesecake? Is that your thing? Is like cheesecake your thing? I mean, we we definitely have like expanded the range now. So there's a lot more than just cheesecake. But I mean, at the time, it definitely did not start with cheesecake. So um, we had kind of this cupboard of just protein powders and kind of every single flavor you can imagine. We've got chocolate brownie, blueberry cheesecake strawberries and cream you name it we had it and was so there a certain I, brand at the time that you loved 
Um, I mean, we'd mainly just use SIS just because I think it was kind of the most convenient. Okay, yeah. But nothing, nothing fancy. Um, and that's just sort of what we had at home at the time. Um, and so I just start having protein shakes. Didn't really enjoy them that much. And so I kind of switched over to protein bars, tried kind of like grenade bars. They were okay. Um, and like the my protein bars and things like that. Um, but I think for me, because I just have such a sweet tooth, I was always kind of craving something sweet, like after my dinner or after my post-workout, like I didn't necessarily want to sit down and like eat a load of chicken and rice. Um, and so I was kind of having these bars and shakes and I felt like I was really loving and enjoying my workout. But then I think, oh, I've got to eat this kind of nutritional element, but it's not giving that same amount of enjoyment to me. Mm. Um, and I remember one day quite vividly, we bought this blueberry cheesecake flavored protein powder, um, which we'd never had before. And I remember drinking it and thinking, oh my God, it tastes like a cheesecake. Like this is absolutely amazing. Um, and I was kind of drinking my protein shake thinking, you know what would be even better is if I could actually have a blueberry cheesecake and it kind of tasted like a cheesecake and it was a cheesecake, but it had that same amount of protein in and the nutritional value. And that was like this real light bulb moment for me. And I remember kind of sat in my kitchen thinking, hold on a second, maybe I could turn this into a cheesecake. And so I just got some random digestives out of the cupboard, got a bit of Greek yogurt and kind of whipped it up with some um, blueberry protein powder. Um, and it tasted really, really good. And I said, Jamie, you need to try this. Um, and so that's kind of what we were eating for a while is like sprinkled digestive biscuit. And there were kind of all of these other wacky protein powders coming out at the time, kind of like apple crumble, jam roly-poly. Um, and I remember thinking, hold on, if this works for cheesecake, it might actually work for some other things as well. And so um, I just start making them for the two of us. And I'd be making these apple crumbles and be like, this is brilliant. Like we don't have to chug our protein shakes anymore and kind of chew through these like grainy protein bars. Like I can have the actual thing. Um, and you know, they've got like, lemon cheesecake flavored protein bars and I was like no no no, I don't want that I want to have an actual cheesecake you know my sweet tooth was really really kicking yeah. in so I just make them for us all the time and it was really enjoyable oh uh, yeah I guess I I'm the same like I, I mean I don't make kind of what you did and I didn't go into that much depth but I I, I love cooking as well so yeah I totally I totally get that whole like making it yourself and then eating it is so it's quite rewarding and you're like oh yeah I've made this and then it's delicious and you're like yeah you feel like you've done something good like you know what's in it mm -hmm. um you know it's a healthy alternative because like you look at the back of a protein bar and you know there's lots of different ingredients in there that you can't really understand so <laughs> it's quite like Greek yogurt is Greek yogurt it's like milk or whatever it is so it's exactly. like it's one thing so um okay cool so you're making these dessert um yeah these different types of desserts but high protein and then um, how did the idea of kind of Mighty Slice come about? And then how did you make that transition of making it kind of like a hobby um, into obviously like a business idea and things like that? Yeah. So I know that some people kind of talk about business ideas being this really slow burning thing. But for me, it literally was a eureka moment. Um, so I remember I was on this really, really long car drive once um, and my phone was dead. So I couldn't listen to a podcast. It was just me and my thoughts. And I was kind of hungry. Um, and I was thinking, you know what, what protein snack am I going to make for myself when I get home? Because obviously the great thing about protein is it really, really fills you up. Um, and so I was just kind of letting my mind wonder. And I thought, you know what? if I like these and Jamie likes these, other people might like these as well. And it was sort of like this light bulb moment where I was like, if other people enjoy these as well, then maybe I could sell them to them and, and maybe it could be a business. Um, 
and you know this was at a time when my whole Instagram feed really was filled with people that were making like have you seen the protein oat bowls where people decorate them with like slices of strawberry and yeah and I remember thinking like people clearly don't necessarily want to be eating like a chewy protein bar like maybe they do want to actually make this an experience and something that you really do sit down and mark the moment after gym where you have this really nice bowl of like protein oats or something that's just got a bit more indulgence and enjoyment in it rather than just kind of strict functionality um and kind of looking back there were definitely influences that led me to think hold on this could be a business and so like at the time, my brother was super, super into listening to like business podcasts and reading all these entrepreneurial books because he's always really wanted to be an entrepreneur. And that's never really been me. But kind of looking back, the conversations that we were having, I think must have kind of seeped into my brain a bit in terms of rewiring it to think law, law, law and actually yeah. broader career perspective as well. And like Jamie was setting up his first business as well at the time. And so I'm kind of surrounded by everyone that's got this like business mindset. And I think that kind of fed into me thinking, okay, this is a hobby, but maybe I could turn this into a business as well. And actually maybe that could be a viable career as well. And so although it was maybe quite an organic process in terms of having this real business mindset, it was kind of this eureka moment. And I remember going home after that car journey, scrapped the protein dessert completely. And I was just on my computer thinking, where can I buy a protein cheesecake from to see if anyone else was doing it. And all I could come across was like recipes of how to make them at home. And I thought there's just nothing out there that brings the same level of indulgence and enjoyment, but that is actually really functional as well. And it's got like 22 grams of protein in as well. Cause you can get kind of high protein granola and they might have say like six to eight grams of protein per bowl but for me I wanted something that was really protein dense you know 20 grams of protein to really fill you up and help meet your goals that yeah I totally um yeah I agree I think it's funny actually because when I go to the gym if I come back up um from the gym and I come home and it's the morning I definitely want to like sit down and make my like porridge and like really eat it and enjoy it um but then if I go to the gym maybe like in the evening, yeah, in the evening, and then I'm, you know, going to meet friends for dinner, but I'm starving after gym, I will have a protein bar, because it's like, I can't sit down and eat like a cheesecake, as I would basically, if I'd love to, but it's the timing, so there's a hundred percent a gap in the market for something that they can, that you can sit down and enjoy, rather than like that on the go, because I guess protein bars, they have their purpose, but like not, they're not what you want to have all the time. Exactly, exactly, and I think that's kind of the, the gap that I saw was that actually, Sometimes when I do come home from the gym, I do just kind of want to sit down and just have those endorphins, but actually just mark that moment with something that's a bit more than like a protein bar. I feel like all the protein shakes and the protein bars, the whole industry is so kind of geared towards functionality and convenience and go, go, go. And you're kind of eating your bar whilst you're running along. And I think sometimes it's nice just to slow down and think, actually, no, this is a moment to enjoy as well. I've really worked on myself in the gym and now I'm going to keep working on myself with something that I actually enjoy and that I've looked forward to at the end of my workout rather than just thinking, right, this is literally just for convenience. You know, the rest of the food that we have, you can have like real foodie people that are experimenting with their cooking. And I think for me, I just thought it was a shame that we couldn't bring that same level of enjoyment to high protein snacks. Yeah, I totally agree. I think it's a, a massive, massive gap in the market. And I think it will do really, really well. Um, so, um, yeah, take me from, I guess, the, the idea after the car journey 
to to balance how did that journey how did that what, what happened in between that but it was a roller coaster it was a very short journey as well which <laughs> I think was surprising looking back so I kind of have this idea and I'm frantically googling my computer um, and like I said all I could come across was recipes or a lemon cheesecake flavored protein bar which is obviously the whole problem here is that I want mm. an actual cheesecake um, and so I was kind of researching for days like surely someone else has thought that other people might want to buy this and I could not find a single thing and so I thought you know what I am just gonna do it and so I started working on the branding um, and the website and just sort of threw myself completely into it and so like day and night I'd be there for hours and hours on end just perfecting it and so kind of trying to come up with the name with no branding experience at all was very interesting so it started off as like strong slice and then we've got strength slice just doesn't quite ring off <laughs> um and then kind of landed on mighty slice because I think initially I wanted it to be a bit like goo puddings you know in the jars and Jamie said to me you know how is that different to like a nice granola yogurt like it has to be a slice like that's what a dessert is you get like a nice slice of cake or a slice of cheesecake like that yeah so true like you put it on a plate and you eat it with a fork and you've got this really nice looking thing and I was like yeah okay that makes sense and so we had this idea of mighty slice um and so I'm kind of working on the branding developing it it started off absolutely awfully I'll have to send you some of the photos afterwards because <laughs> I do not have a background in graphic design I'm not an artsy person <laughs> at all um and I just spent hours on Pinterest just scrolling and scrolling thinking what colors look nice and what fonts might look nice and I eventually kind of landed on this mismatch design which we still have at the moment um and kind of I've never made a website before but I think I had this real attitude of I just can do it like it's just a problem that needs to be solved and I'll just teach myself the skills um and I'll do it and so I made this website and the next problem was the photography and so I was like okay that's fine you know I've got a camera I'll just put my cheesecakes outside and just take a photo um and so they went on the website as well um and then came kind of perfecting the recipes so the actual product itself um because the problem was when I was making them for myself I just kind of throw bits in and think yeah that sounds good that sounds good and just have a bit of an experiment because it was just a bit of fun um but I kind of realized that actually if this is going to be a product that I need to sell I need to have this set recipe um and so I remember quite vividly this like week in August and it was an absolute heat wave um and this must have been kind of like a week or so after I'd had the idea and I was like I just need to nail this recipe and so Jamie was away with work I was like I'm just gonna stay in the kitchen and do it so I put the aircon on shut the doors it must have been literally 30 degrees and I just made cheesecake after cheesecake after cheesecake and like experimenting with this little spreadsheet that I had of all the different proportions and trying to figure out how to do it and literally for those five days all I ate was cheesecake like bits of biscuit or bits of cheese oh my like, god yeah and I look back and I was like god that must that was just a bit of a delirious stage in my life because all I was doing was just, okay, 10 grams of protein powder and now we're going to add a bit of this and just experimenting it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I kind of emerged a bit dazed after all of this with like a semi-decent recipe. Um, it's changed a lot since then, but that kind of gave me the core recipe that started us off essentially. Um, and then came the marketing. So at the time I was like, you know, what? I'll just post it on my Instagram. Everyone will see the product. They'll think, wow, that's amazing. And every single person will buy it, job done. Um, obviously that's not quite how business works. And so <laughs> <laughs> that came as a bit of a shock. Um, and initially we were just kind of selling single slices. 
um not the most profitable thing in the world when you think of all the ingredients that go yeah like the delivery costs um so that was quickly scrapped um and at this point we hadn't really done a hard and fast launch we just sort of slowly gone up it was like family and friends that were buying them and taking photos of me standing there with these cheesecakes um and I remember thinking you know we need to have a proper launch and I need to actually test the concept and see whether people actually really do want this um and I remember seeing an advertisement at the time um for the balance festival and thinking you know what everyone there is our target audience you know they're into fitness they're into wellness and they might want this kind of moment of enjoyment after they've exercised um and I just remember thinking you know this is the quickest way to fail this is the quickest way to prove whether the concept works or whether it doesn't and so I sent balance an email saying do you have any last minute stands um they kind of emailed back the next day saying we've actually just had a cancellation you can have the last stand in the place and I was like, amazing well well that's fate isn't it and so yeah, yeah off <laughs> off we went but yeah because I remember when I met you I was like oh my gosh this is such a cool idea when you guys launched I think you were like Monday and I was like oh my gosh okay you really are like literally four days into this <laughs> yeah, literally and so I think um, the motto was just fake it till you make it nobody knows yeah literally just started unless you tell them so exactly and I did ask so I only knew because I asked but otherwise yeah you had your branding you had the boxes you had the product so I wouldn't have known and it was great actually because I literally met all your whole family in one like your mom was there your dad was there your brother um and then you as well and because when you were like oh this is my mom and I was like oh hi mom and then you're like it's my dad I was like oh hey (laughs) my brother as well and I was like oh my god this is a family it's a whole family affair so yeah it's quite funny how my family ended up Coming. So for Balance Festival, I was actually away on a work trip in Scotland, which was really inconvenient timing. And so it meant that I couldn't be there for the first day of Balance um, and I couldn't be there for any build up either. So all of the making of the cheesecakes. And so it really was this real team effort. So I'm away with work, completely kind of stressed, preoccupied. And my poor mum is in the kitchen cooking these 40 cheesecakes. Wow. <laughs> and then Jamie and his mum, Judith, they're chopping up the cheesecakes into these tiny samples and putting them in pots till like 3 a.m in the morning putting them all into the boxes into this massive fridge um and it's just sort of like all things go and I think for me it was really hard to like see my baby like my business and just not help out in like its biggest day and so my mom my brother and Judith um went to the balance festival for the trade day and so they would just sort of be texting me throughout the day like it's going really well it's going really well and I think for me it was really hard to not be able to be there for the first day yeah god of course I bet you were like wanting to know everything every second yeah, I was kind of like every time my phone pinged I was like oh my god what what do you yeah 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 I can't imagine like it or but no it was kind of it was very intense for sure so then after after balance you packed up um and yeah what kind of came from that did you meet any um like did you meet anyone that was you know beneficial to you guys for example I'm thinking like buyers or or that kind of stuff or were you so in or were you so in the kind of headspace of like I just want to get the DTC up and running and people buying off the website before you even thought about getting it in a shop or anything yeah so we we basically focused on DTC there was one amazing person who we met and um, it was kind of very bizarre. This lady came up to me. She said, I love the product. I think it's absolutely amazing. I think you'd look great in Soho House, in Barry's Bootcamp. Let me give you all these details. And so she was scrolling through this kind of list of emails 
Um, and I still don't know who this lady is because she wouldn't give me her name, but I have all of these random emails that I need to kind of chase up on um, for our business to business. But unfortunately, we weren't kind of ready for that stage yet. We were very much, let's just get our D to C up and running. Um, so at the moment, we're operating on a subscription basis. Um, so our customers can get like a box of four different slices delivered to their home or to their work each week. Um, and I guess the main thing that came from Balance was all of our subscribers um, and kind of meeting people that were really passionate about the product and they've been great for us and kind of shouting about it and telling everyone else. Um, and like the proof of concept that we had was just amazing. You know, people would mm. think, oh yeah, but it's, it's protein, you know, how good can it actually taste? And then when you see their face just kind of light up um, and say, hold on a second, that actually tastes like a cheesecake. Like that's really, yeah. that was kind of just, absolutely amazing feeling to know that kind of I've made those recipes and their people are and they're saying you know this is amazing like I want something sweet I want something that's a bit more indulgent um, and delicious and that's kind of what we were delivering so what's your recipes in the moment what are your how many products do you have or how many flavors so we have got one vegan flavor which is our banoffee pie which is my personal favorite um I'm a bit of a banana fan um, so what do you use for your vegan one if it's I'm assuming you use something like quark is it quark yes or like quark is um dairy so obviously that can't be part of the vegan one. yeah um but kind of like a soya based for the vegan um and then kind of quark oh, okay. for our cheesecakes um so we've got like white chocolate raspberry chocolate caramel the names are currently changing that's something that we're working on at the moment um, as we're kind of rebranding and trying to professionalize everything I think kind of having a chocolate caramel cheesecake doesn't quite sound indulgent as it actually is um, but yeah we've got five different flavors now which is really exciting and I think the most interesting thing for me is hearing what everyone else's favorites are I kind of thought there'd be really clear themes but people have really spread on which is their favorite that's really good because it means there's loads of options mm. for you guys to bring out and and like think about as well. Definitely. And with um, so looking at, is it just cheesecake at the moment? I know you mentioned earlier that it's not. So what what else is out there? So we've got our banoffee pie, which is the vegan range, um, and we have a lot of products which I can't quite talk about at the moment. Very much in the works and being developed. I think, you know, the concept of dessert is so broad. There's a lot of really exciting places that we plan to take it. And cheesecake is just the start. Um, so that will probably end up being one of a very small part of the rest of our product range. I think the banoffee pie has been particularly um, popular. And I think it's such a novel idea of like this real classic dessert um, that everyone knows and loves um, and turning it into this really kind of functional, delicious protein alternative. So are they, are they low sugar as well as um, as high protein? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we we kind of wanted our ethos to be enjoyable food. And so we don't necessarily think that we need to push the agenda of food being low in anything. Um, the macros are all there. We just don't necessarily push kind of like the calories or the sugar content. Because I think food is there to be enjoyed. And actually food should be seen as this great fuel and something that is used to mark the end of your day. And so while our macros do add up to that of a protein bar so that it is an enjoyable alternative, um, ultimately we want to focus on kind of the good yeah. nutrition that it brings. Cool. So looking at um, looking at the future then. So I know you've got a couple of products that you can't mention, but that's fine. But talking more about like plans for Mighty Slice and where, where you think it will go um, and is your plan to get into uh get into retail or sell it as a whole cheesecake or 
um, or, you know, whatever the product might be, or, or is it to keep it as slices and sell it in like single serves in, in, um, in kind of outlets and stuff like what, what, or, or is it to focus heavily on subscriptions and DCs and things like that? Yeah, so at the moment, we're currently going through a full rebrand, and that is to kind of get us ready for this B2B part of the business. So it's definitely something that we're kind of working on going into at the moment. Um, So we're really focusing on the single serve slices. I think that we want to be this really viable alternative to a protein bar. And actually, if you could buy a single serve in a shop or in your gym, um, that is something that's really exciting. And so we've got quite a few gyms that we've done sampling sessions at that are like, when you're ready to stock, we're here, like we want to buy your product, which is super, super exciting um, and kind of negotiating deals with them in terms of how many slices they're going to buy. Um, we've definitely had quite a few hurdles in terms of the shelf life of the products and how we need to make that viable for business to business. So we're working with some great consultants at the moment. I think the one thing that I've learned is it's so important to outsource to people that are real experts in their field. And so while it's nice to think that I can do everything, ultimately I don't have a degree in kind of food development. So that real scientific, like knowing the pH balance and everything, that's something that we've had to kind of look for other people to do as we move into business to business. Um, But definitely I think the next thing for us, we really want to get on kind of quick delivery apps in London, like Jiffy and like Gorillas. Um, I think if people have the option to be able to order this really nutritious slice of cheesecake instead of their average protein bar with their grocery shops, I think that's really exciting. Yes, totally. Actually, that's a really exciting um, concept. I didn't think of that one, but yeah, 100%. So definitely business to business is kind of where we're looking at the moment and all our effort is going into that. But it's exciting to be doing a rebrand. We are sticking with the name, but lots of other things are kind of changing. So it's definitely an exciting process for sure. And what about events and sampling? Are you planning on doing kind of more of them in the future? Actually, take me back a bit pre the future question, because I actually want to ask you about this. Like, how did you, yeah, were you doing the sampling and the deliveries and everything yourself? Um, we, you know, was it coming out the back of an industrial kitchen? I'm assuming it wasn't at this point. It was all in your kitchen. I mean, where, where are you based? Um, and does Jamie work there full time now? So he's not full-time and we're based in Surrey. Um, oh, whereabouts? Uh, kind of Isha area. Oh yeah, 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 nice. Yeah. Um, so no, still very much in the domestic kitchen. Um, the delivery was nothing short of a nightmare. So <laughs> when I first came up with the idea, I didn't really think into logistically how kind of cold chain fragile delivery might just be the hardest thing to do. Um, but I think they always say that naivety is a great thing in business. And I think that this has definitely shone through because I think looking back, um, if I kind of realized the troubles that we're faced in terms of managing to ship the cheesecakes, yeah, <laughs> we might have thought, hmm, should we pivot this slightly? Um, but no, so they were initially all hand delivered by us. So we've had quite a few days of like 10 hour trips just driving around the M25. So at the moment, we only deliver within the M25. Um, there are a couple of exceptions where people have messaged us like, please, I'm literally just outside the M25. Can you deliver? And I thought, okay, I'll, I'll drive that extra half an hour. Um, but yeah, kind of managing the logistics side of things. Initially, my thought for the business was, it's fine, Jamie and I can drive and deliver all the cheesecakes twice a week. Um, and then as it goes along, we'll just employ drivers and they can do it all and we'll all have this massive fleet and it will be amazing. Um, and I think kind of in retrospect, that was maybe slightly overambitious. And so instead, um, I had some great conversations with um, people that are in logistics 
Um, and the overarching answer was that we just need to make the packaging suitable for fragile goods. And so that's what we've been focusing on at the moment um, so that we can do nationwide delivery. Um, so we've had quite a few smushed cheesecakes, um, which looked pretty sad when they arrived. Um, I imagine, yeah. <laughs> and we've been really tweaking it as it goes and kind of looking at all the different variables. And we finally cracked a delivery solution, which is very, very exciting. So we're extensively testing it at the moment. Um, the last thing we want is kind of an anomaly where someone gets their cheesecakes and they're all just absolutely destroyed. Um, but designing packaging so that the box can be tipped upside down or chucked into a bag or wherever else it goes on its journey um, has been really exciting and kind of this long drawn out journey. Um, so yeah, it's us making them in the kitchen and then we deliver twice a week, currently just driving round and round. I know London very well now um, <laughs> from all the driving. What I can imagine. Um, but I'm going to be very relieved when we can finally pop them in the post, which is actually going to be launching in the next couple of weeks. So that's exciting very very exciting for us and I think it's great because all the people that we saw at balance lots of people were so upset that they couldn't have them delivered and it's going to be great to go back to balance um this year we literally just signed the contract today actually um so we will be going back to balance which is really exciting um yeah cool so moving on to the future part of that question so have you so yeah obviously you've got balance coming up um have you got any stuff that you're going to be doing this summer um so I think for us, summer's going to be a pretty big time. I think, you know, while people love a cheesecake in winter, we're definitely a summer brand. Um, what we're really excited to do is kind of release different flavors and different desserts with the seasons. And so it's been great fun um, kind of talking to people about the sorts of desserts that they'd like to have kind of like, we've got this great Wimbledon themed one that's like a strawberries and cream cheesecake. Um, yeah. Lots of other flavors that I probably shouldn't be telling you, but it's just very exciting as the summer comes to kind of, the sampling events that we're hoping to do um in terms of sampling events that we have been doing um i ended up just kind of cold emailing a load of different gyms and just asking if people wanted to try our products um it was definitely a bit of trial and error in terms of how to get our emails open by people i think they must have thousands of emails of brands kind of saying can we come in and sample um and so trying to come up with a really catchy subject line was definitely interesting um, but now I've met some great people through the sampling sessions that have kind of known other people at gyms that have been able to get us in there. So that's been really, really so exciting. Yeah, really cool. Um, and what is kind of like, how did the investment side of things work? Was it more of a family and friends um, round to start with? Because obviously like ingredients are expensive and then delivery and petrol and all that kind of stuff. So how... Uh, and packaging obviously and I'm now assuming that you're probably outsourcing for design agencies and things like that to help you so so did you go through a round of um like personal investment or was it more of um or did you did you outsource we just kind of did internal funding and we still are in terms of just like savings family and friends um which has been great because obviously we don't necessarily want to give away equity when we're such in such a of course yeah but I think kind of external funding is definitely something that we'll probably look to in the next couple of years but at the moment we're just trying to keep everything in house keep the funding in house um and just grow organically and kind of bootstrap our way up so how, how big is your team 
Um, at the moment, it's just the two of us. Um, we kind of have our extended team, as we say. So we're kind of working with this great team of food consultants and they always class themselves as just an extension of the team. We're kind of always on calls to them. Um, and then we've also kind of outsourced to the design agency. And so they've become part of our team. Um, we've got a really great web developer. She's been amazing basically on the team as well. Um, and I think kind of as you interact with all these people, for me, I found it really exciting to talk to people who were really invested in the business and saw it as this viable idea. I think when I first kind of spoke to my parents about, you know, I'm going to quit law and I'm going to start a business. Um, I think they're a bit like, oh, is, is that the best idea you've ever had, Emily? And so I think for me, talking to people that were actually used to just growing with businesses and taking these startup ideas and really making them come to life was just so energizing and exciting to have mm. people that really backed you and believed in you. Um, and my parents are great as well. You know, they really backed the idea as well. But I think at first it was just this initial shock of, you've always wanted to be a lawyer. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so no, in that sense, it's great to have this kind of extended team around us um but yeah cool so we're going to move on to the closing quick fire round mm -hmm. um so I'm going to ask you kind of five questions um about the food industry and then you just answer as openly and just kind of as honestly and as quickly as you can okay so what is your favorite product that you've created uh oh, I think it's going to have to be the banoffee pie love love banoffee pie and also it's really good so definitely that one delicious um what's your best bit of advice for someone that wanted to start their own business um I would say to talk to as many people as you can I think the one thing I found is that everyone knows someone who knows someone that can help you yes um and I think you know get rid of that fear of thinking oh will people will judge me or kind of being embarrassed or like posting about it on your Instagram and just shout about it from the top of the rooftops because you'll be so surprised about how supportive people are and how willing people are and the kind of mm. opportunities that can come up I totally agree with that actually I am the most yeah I'd say I definitely don't I don't really I obviously care what people think but it's more like I'm very I think because I'm so passionate about the food industry mm. I genuinely care yeah always up for a chat and I'm always really interested and I'm always super supportive of new and up and coming brands because I think it's really exciting so um yeah I definitely think um, you can talk to loads I love chatting <laughs> hence the sense <laughs> starting a podcast so um yeah I totally agree with that what are your favorite food and drink brands or food brands at the moment oh lots to choose from um coconut club you do great chocolate obviously um couldn't not say that um, trip drinks, I think they're great. I think they're so innovative. They're such market disruptors and kind of just creating this whole other category. Um, yeah, it's really cool. I love them. They've been on actually. Did you listen to the episode? Yeah. Yeah, yeah it is really cool. For sure. Yeah, James is good. Low lows. I learned loads from that episode actually. It was really interesting. Yeah. Um, and what's the one thing you wish you had known before you ban began your career? So this can actually be before you went to be a lawyer or or mighty slice however you see fit oh I think probably not to be afraid of failure I think mm. in kind of my earlier years I was such a perfectionist and I was like I'm not going to start anything unless I'm just amazing at it and I think kind of as I had lots of just small failures and kind of pick myself back up from them um, I read this great book as well called Growth Mindset by Carol Dweck and Bounce by Matthew Side. I don't know if you've heard of them, but I think they really changed my mindset. 
in terms of seeing failure as like this really good thing and this opportunity to learn. And I think one thing I wish I'd known is that just put yourself out there, fail as many times, because that's the only way to get better and to pivot and to change. Um, and so I think if I'd known that earlier on, would have made things a lot easier. <laughs> yeah, it's always scary though, because you don't want to, you know, you do work really hard at things. So obviously when you fail, it is quite, it can be quite, you know, upsetting, but actually you're right. If you look at it as, well, I won't do that again, then you're only getting stronger and stronger each time. Definitely. So speaking of failures, what is what has been your biggest failure and what did you learn from it? Um, so I think it's kind of hard to define like a biggest failure as such. I feel like there's definitely been just lots of things along the way, but just <laughs> talking about biggest failures in terms of... Um, and when we say biggest failures, Emily, how, how old are you? 22. <laughs> So like 22, so I, it's not like you've had this, you know, it's not like you're, you're speaking from this like 60 year old perspective where, you know, I, I you know, you're allowed, you're so allowed to make so many failures <laughs> at 22. Oh, and I have for sure. I definitely think my biggest failures are still to come. I think mighty slice, you know, you never hear of a business owner that hasn't just had an absolute catastrophe. And I feel like that moment is definitely still coming. Thinking of biggest failures in terms of when I was developing the recipes, I was really set on making this like vegan pavlova. Um, and I've kind of been looking at all of these like meringue recipes from Aquafaba. I don't know if you've ever- Oh yeah, chickpea water. I was there blending this for just hours, well not hours, maybe half an hour. And I remember kind of putting it in, it looked really nice and fluffy and just putting it in the oven and it absolutely just and collapsed. And I remember thinking, God, all that effort. Um, and it was just an awful failure. Maybe not the biggest failure of my life, but it was very poignant because it was very disappointing. Um, yeah, I think, as you said, when you put in all that effort. <laughs> Definitely. Um, but, you know, it's all part of the learning curve. And I think yeah. you know, when I was developing those recipes, there were lots of failures, lots of ones that I was like, mm, that just doesn't quite taste right. But I think failure is part of the process and it's something you learn from. And there's been lots of failures on the way and I'm sure there'll be many, many more. But that's a good thing. Exactly. Well... I have to say for, I mean, I'm not even, I'm not speaking like, again, like I'm so many years older than you, <laughs> but I'm, I'm 25. Um, and you have a very admirable, admirable. Ad, yeah. Is that word? Admirable. Yeah. Admirable. Admirable. That's it. God. See, so, yeah, you're even cleverer than me. <laughs> um, in terms of like way that you look at things and um, I think, yeah, you'll be very successful because you have a, a great head on you and I think you know what you want and you're very determined I can tell so um I'm sure you'll be you'll be very successful so thank you so much Emily for coming on Getting to Grow and um loads of people want to hear about this episode because I think you're in the very you're very early stages still and it's definitely a case of like you just got up and you did it which I think a lot of people a lot of the brands we've spoken to you know they're a couple years in or maybe even 10 years in mm. to their to their brand now so um it's it, you know sometimes when you're 10 years in listening to a podcast you can't ever imagine being the size that they are but obviously that's them speaking 10 years down the line whereas you're you know less than a year so it's exciting for you um and um and a really interesting one to listen to so yeah thank you so much great and thanks so much for having me on the podcast as well please remember to follow subscribe and leave a review as it really supports what we do see you guys next time